0: it's time to take the quiz five questions five minutes a day five days a week
1: take the quiz every weekday at the quiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did play share and of course listen to the quiz at the quiz.fox
2: live from everywhere usa it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. we need that
3: hey 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 here we go here we go coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did an absent mindedly wander out of a ceremony at the UN yesterday.
2: We have a president that is clearly
3: not all there. And if you don't believe me, ask the president of Brazil, who could not get a handshake out of Joe Biden. Before uh, the ceremony, couldn't even find out whether or not he was paying attention to him. And then Biden wandered out before the ceremonial handshake at the very end.
1: That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House.
3: A lot of people feel that way. We're going to discuss it with some of them on a busy Thursday. 888-788-9910. You know, I took a look out at the world today. And I was like, well, the border's overrun. We've got a migrant crisis here in the city. Uh, The president has dementia. President of Brazil pretty much said as much over at the U.N. I don't know. I think we need some comedy. (laughs) Dave Landau's coming by. Diamond Dave, nationally touring sensation, comedy sexiest man. And in the third hour, we will do a full power hour uh, on the panel with My man, Charles McBee, head writer for Charlemagne the God. Ryan Reese, who happens to be the warm-up act for my stand-up special, which is taping at the Paramount, Friday night, October the 13th. He will be here as well. If you would like to join, 888-788-9910. Only one rule on the show. I say it every day. You can sing along at home, sing along in the truck. Sing along in the stolen Winnebago where you're cooking meth. It doesn't matter how you listen to this show or what you happen to do while you listen.
4: I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No,
3: man, Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. If you really want to help the world. I mean this. Okay? This is the motto from the day we launched the show. We don't need more Republicans. We don't need more Democrats. We need less. <laughs> that's what we need. So don't be one of those. You'll fit in just fine on a big Thursday episode of the show. I'm coming up with Sean Hannity tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live studio audience Hannity. This morning, I was on Fox and Friends first. If you didn't see it, it is on the Fox Across America website. It is also on Donald Trump's Truth Social page because President Trump posted or truthed my hit today, because I was talking about his relationship with Howard Stern, and apparently it was a big, a bit of a hit down in Mar-a-Lago. So if you want to check that out, go over to Truth Social and see Trump's feed. I'm right there at the tippy top of it. But right now, I am on the radio with you uh, doing what we do best, which is having painstakingly honest conversations. As a former New York City cab driver, you as my radio passenger are someone I talk to every day as if we're never going to see each other again. You give them whatever kernel of wisdom or honest assessment you can impart, and you wish them the best of luck getting onto their flight that they would have had a much easier time making had you not taken them the long way for extra money. That's just how white folks will do you. But anyway, okay, we get underway at the U.N. right across town where I told you yesterday, okay, I drove a cab during U.N. week uh, for several years. It is the Super Bowl of hookers.
1: Oh yes, I've read about that in the Bible. That
3: is all it is. They they give their big sweeping declarations about how we're going to reconfigure the world and what we're going to blow all your tax dollars on. That's the daytime.
5: Please give us money.
3: The nighttime is they head over to their embassies and in come the hookers.
5: Hubba hubba. But
3: it's a true story. There's actually an article about it that we're going to discuss today in the third hour of the show. I don't know if they were listening uh, yesterday when we talked about it on the show. But the two common threads this year at the U.N. are always going to be call girls. I know that's crazy and a little much to say at this hour of the day, but it's reality. So, I mean, I can't be the bad guy. I didn't make the headline. I just read it to you. The other constant at this year's U.N. is the president of the United States just looking completely out of his mind.
1: Biden's lost his marbles.
3: Okay, so yesterday Biden is doing a ceremony, okay, with uh, Lula from Brazil. Okay, where they're getting up to the podium, they're each going to give a little speech, have a photo op at the end. I don't remember that ever happening. I don't doubt it. So while Lula is speaking, he can tell that Biden is distracted. He's fiddling with his headset, you know, that the translator might be speaking to him in. And he could tell Biden's not paying attention. So he says, can you hear me, Mr. President? This is an historical moment for Brazil. End for the US. He actually stops. A world leader stops to reprimand our president like a child. Can you hear me, Mr. President? This is an historical moment for Brazil and the US. He's reminding him. Look up here. Take it away, Josh, if you got it.
0: Well, first of all, I would like to greet President Biden. And to say to President Biden, can you hear me, President Biden? This is a historical moment for Brazil and for the U.S. President Biden, can you hear me? You can? Yes, good.
3: That was embarrassing. Folks, on the world stage, that is the guy who runs Brazil telling the guy I run this this country like he's a child in church who's misbehaving, who's not paying attention. He's sitting there fiddling with a headset, looking around. The other world leader is speaking. Okay, never mind. Biden got onto this stage by walking into a flag. He came out from behind the corner, walked into a flag like he's Frank Drebin at the beginning of the naked gun two and a half. Do you remember how the naked gun opens? There's a ceremony at the White House and George H.W. Bush and Barbara Bush are walking out. And out of nowhere, as the band plays, Frank Drebin steps out of a side door, swings it open, and clocks Barbara Bush in the face. And that's the sight gag that kicks off the slapstick movie. That's Joe Biden walking into stuff as he gets onto the stage. He is Frank drebin if he were president. Bingo. Okay, understand. He then gets on stage, fiddles with his headset, and gets reprimanded. Josh, please play it one more time. Well, first of all,
0: I would like to greet President Biden and to say to President Biden, can you hear me, President Biden? This is a historical moment for Brazil and for the U.S. President Biden, can you hear me? You can? Yes, good.
3: I mean, dude. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. He doesn't even know where he is. Okay, you're on stage with another world leader fiddling with a headset, okay, while the guy has to remind you. This is historic, by the way. We're announcing a deal. It's a big deal. Okay, and understand, at one point, Biden drops his earpiece, looks around in frustration like, I don't know what happened, like he's a child. Okay, the International Labor Organization Director, uh, General Gilberto Hungbo, okay, he comes to the podium after the two world leaders. So you get the president of Brazil up there, you get Biden up there. Okay, he's the last guy to speak. Now, you understand the way these events work. Whenever there's a bilateral, okay, between two, two world leaders, a bilat, okay, they stand on stage at the beginning, shake hands, take pictures, they give their respective speeches, then they take that ceremonial handshake at the end. Okay, that didn't happen in this instant. Nope, what happened instead was Hongbo finishes his speech, Biden turns and shakes his hand, turns and salutes the crowd, and walks off the stage. Okay, as he walks off the stage, you can see the president of Brazil make a half attempt to walk over and shake Biden's hand before he realizes Biden's leaving without shaking his hands and literally throws his own arm in frustration.
1: this man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
3: So, like, literally, he, this event is supposed to end. It's the president of the United States, the president of Brazil. They're supposed to shake hands on camera to wrap it up. He leaves without shaking the guy's hand. Another world leader, a guy who makes an effort to go shake his hand, but gets ditched because Biden took a dementia, dementia stroll off into the crowd. At which point he is seen disgustedly flinging his own arm. Like, ah, forget about it. Okay, you understand the way those ceremonies work, it's a unity candle. Have you ever watched a wedding where they light a unity candle during the church ceremony? The mother of the bride, the mother of the groom will walk up to the altar together. They'll each, with two smaller candles, light one larger candle, the unity candle at which point they turn around, smile for pictures, and walk back to the church pews. Okay, yesterday at the unity candle. (laughs) It's not good. Biden walks up to the altar, uses his candle to light a cigarette for himself, and walks away into the audience, completely blows off the other world leader. Have you ever had a checkup? If he has, they're not sharing the results with us. Because that's a mess. okay? I'm not talking to you as a Republican, as some Fox News attack dog, right wing, pot stirring agitator. I'm talking to you as someone who levels in truth. The president has no idea what he's doing half the time, meaning he's not president. People are using him as a vessel through which they can assume power, bureaucrats who run the country behind the scenes, members of his cabinet who have a lot more input into our domestic and foreign policy than they would if we had a president of able mind. OK, let's be very clear. It's not his age. It's condi- his condition. There are plenty of 100-year-old people that are sharper than Joe Biden. I told you. My Uncle Sam's 96. He, you know, run marathons. OK, I interviewed William Shatner back in, in the moon landing special. It's on Fox Nation right now. Hey, girl. William Shatter's 93. Sharp. I mean, compared to Biden, he's 22. Sharp as hell. Funny. Made fun of me. Made a great time. Okay, Biden's in bad shape. No shape to lead the world. Okay, understand. If you're supposed to be the face of this nation, the face of progress is what we're being told. Okay, we have a guy out there in his late hundreds who doesn't even know to sit still during a ceremony anymore because he's reverted to being a child again. Okay, that's the God's honest truth. If you're watching that ceremony yesterday, you've been watching the polling, you've been watching the past year, you realize Biden is supposed to treat the 2024 election like it's a ceremony at the UN and just wander out early because the dude is finished.
0: Get him out of here. Get him out. Well, Joe's the scene I've got.
6: Shove him to
1: go back from where he came They drug him cause he needs them He don't even know his name They call him the Wanderer Yeah, the Wanderer
4: Joe rooms around, 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 around
2: Don't go anywhere Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon We'll be right back Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon talking about the president who's just a mess. I mean, you could try to defend him.
0: If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't
3: know that the president of Brazil could. That was a really rough one to watch yesterday. George saw it. He was in uh, Hedgesville, West Virginia. Yo, George.
4: Oh, man, it was uh, pretty rough. Hey, Jimmy, my memory's slipping a little bit. You might have to remind me. Seems like during the first or second year of the Trump presidency, he slipped or something or made a mistake like the cable news and some of the national news were suggesting time to consider the 25th Amendment.
3: Yep. I mean, man, do you remember that? And that was, you know, because he was on a wet ramp and he was just walking yeah. carefully so he didn't fall on his face. OK, this guy, yeah. you know, there's it's there's no way you can actually watch him day in and day out and be like, he's got it. He's under control. He has no idea where he is.
4: It seems to me this is just what the 25th Amendment was made for. Um, I, nobody's calling for it right now. We got to deal with the impeachment, impeachment inquiry, but man, if there was ever a time that it could be invoked in modern times, recent times, this would be it.
3: Yep. I mean, the only thing standing between him and the 25th amendment is Kamala Harris. You know, they absolutely yeah. don't want her to be president, but if it was, if she yeah. was not the vice president, if they literally had anyone else, it would, he'd be gone. He would have been gone probably six months ago.
4: Yeah. wonder what the Republicans would do. Maybe they go after Kamala and then we'd have to turn to the Speaker of the House to fill in. Oh, oh man. man,
3: that would that would be uh, Kevin McCarthy. But, yeah, I don't know that we'll get there. Uh, but, uh, man, I I'd take en- I'd take anybody but what we have <laughs> I mean, straight up.
4: <laughs> I would do it. I would do it this point, Jimmy. Good analysis. For what you're
3: doing, man. All right, my man. We'll do it again soon. Be well, George. There he goes. The great George in Hedgesville, West Virginia. I mean, he's telling you the truth. The only thing standing between Biden and the 25th Amendment is the vice president of the United States.
7: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha!
3: <laughs> okay, and there are so many instances of this. Okay, we talk, you know, the Medal of Honor ceremony two weeks ago. He, he pins the medal on the guy. just walks out of the ceremony. Leaves a crying 83-year-old man on the stage. Just got handed the Presidential Medal of Freedom and thinks he's about to turn around with a photo op with the president of the United States who pinned the medal on him. But the president's gone. He just just takes a dementia stroll. Do you remember when Biden was at FEMA? He's addressing FEMA and just starts walking off into the cubicles. They literally have to go get him. Okay, we've seen him go the wrong way after speeches. And again, that's going to be me someday. You know, it's going to be you someday. It's just hope we're not going to be in charge of the country at the time it is. Okay, this shouldn't be going on. It's not I hate this man. It's not screw him. He's got dementia. I mean, I believe me, my resentment towards this guy is because he's a liar. But, you know, getting past the fact that he's brazenly lied to the country, sold us out to China and left the border wide open is the reality that he might not know what he's doing. Okay, I tell you this all the time. He's not president. He is the equivalent. It is an iTunes user agreement of a presidency. They come into his desk. They told him, tell him to scroll to the bottom of whatever they've presented him with and click, I agree. You know, when you're getting a new app on your phone, you don't sit there and read the 77-page legal disclaimer. That's why everyone has TikTok on their phone, and it's stealing your data. If you read what they were doing to your phone on TikTok, there's not a living person who would have TikTok on your phone. Okay, people who work in the intel community say, if you have TikTok, don't just delete the app, throw away your phone. It's that intrusive in your life. OK, the people running this country through Biden, the the proxy presidency that governs us right now. I mean, they're really running the country into the ground. When you talk about our domestic energy production, you think about Putin's war in Ukraine, which we're told is the root of all evil, just keep sending money. Putin can only afford to fight that war. Because we've driven up the price of his oil. OK, if we were producing it here at the levels we were before Biden took office, Okay, the price of a barrel of oil would be exponentially lower, which means Putin would be exponentially weaker in terms of his financial ability to wage war in Ukraine. When you talk about green energy, all of it is getting manufactured in China. They own 95% of the minerals used in those green energy vehicles that, oh, by the way, run on fossil fuels. Okay, but that is all being done through bureaucrats. We didn't vote on this stuff. Biden assumed the presidency in a diminished cognitive state, and people began handing him iTunes user agreements. And they told him to scroll to the bottom and click I agree, or he wasn't going to get his pudding cup. And that's what's going on. Okay? It's scary to think that that's the reality. But you know it's the reality because when you watch him in any type of unscripted public moment, okay, even in the scripted public moments, he's saying the stage direction out loud. Like when he says... I got a list here of reporters I'm supposed to call on. Everyone on the press team smacks themselves in the head because they don't want him saying that part. They want him to pretend this is a spontaneous press conference and he's just called on people. The cheat sheets have the names of the reporters and the pictures of the reporters, and he still screws it up. Okay, that's the reality of what we're dealing with in the White House right now, is a guy who is president in in president-in-name Only. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this damn country together. One phone call, one segment, one guest, one text, one tweet, one carrier pigeon at a time. That's what we do. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this action. Uh, Gary is in Addison County, Vermont. He knows stuff. Gary!
0: Hey Jimmy, are you you
3: wouldn't
8: happen to be a Star Trek fan, would you, at the original series?
3: I mean, I can talk Star Trek a little bit from hanging out with Shatner. What do you got for me?
8: All right. They've got they had an episode called Patterns of Force, where this guy named John Gill was mm-hmm. sent by the Federation to observe this planet. They uh-huh. turned him into a figurehead ruler. They all they doped him up, put him in front of a camera and and, and they just basically read what, what he was told to read. An old guy doesn't know where he
0: is the planet was run by other people that ran around dressed like Nazis. I mean it was it was Biden in spades.
4: <laughs> so you're telling me,
3: you're telling me, Spock read one of the papers by Biden and decided to make him president
8: through his proxy? No, no, no. The planet that he was sent to, Spock wasn't
9: involved. Oh, I get it. I get it. John I get Gill.
3: it. Oh, okay. Good to know. That's funny. Well, John listen,
9: Gill. So it's
8: it's President John Gill.
3: I well the ne- <laughs> well listen the next time, okay? Because I'm supposed to interview William Shatner for some other project. The next time I do, Am I'm scum. gonna I'm gonna run this theory by him and see what he says it's one of my favorites oh that's amazing john thanks for the especially now with biden in charge yeah i mean do you i mean do you do you actually watch biden and think he's in charge i don't no and neither was john gill (laughs) stick with it i love it good call man (laughs) we'll do it again all right beam him up there he goes (laughs) listen man it's it's hard for me to argue because here's the thing joe biden has always been a liar I play you a clip in our permanent audio card on the show. Joe Biden is a, like an actual sociopath because he's a traditional politician. He got started in the 70s when technology didn't follow politicians across the country. And what I mean by that is they used to be able to go into a room with 200 people, lie their face off, and not ever worry about people who might know the truth correcting the record. That's how Joe Biden has campaigned his entire life. But as technology evolved and people started to show up with cell phone cameras, and those cell phone cameras started to post videos on social media, and those social media videos started to get picked up by news outlets, Biden's lies ultimately caught up to him. Okay, here is a clip from 1988. Okay, this is a clip from, I believe, his second run for the Oval Office, okay, where he would get out there. And he would try to make the claim he graduated first in his law school. He was at the head of the class. He, you know, he had a full scholarship, you know, and the clip goes on to tell you that he graduated in the bottom third of his class, didn't in fact get a full scholarship, and he ultimately was forced to resign from the race. Okay, that's who he is. He's always been a liar, always been a bit of a sociopath, and, uh, you know— When he gets out there now, when he gets out there now, okay, he's not only somebody with that history of being a bit of a sociopath, but he's saying things with no regard for whether they'll catch up to him, okay? He found out in 88 that they would catch up to him, okay? Here it is. This is 1988, you guys.
4: I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only had 123 credits. Biden now concedes
3: he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden
2: actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three.
4: Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. <laughs> and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth.
1: Bye-bye Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very diff- going to be very difficult for him to recover. It. Is
4: Joe Biden dead meat? Yes or no? I think so.
3: I mean, that was 1988. And yes, he was forced to drop out of that race. And what did he say? Oh, his memory had failed him.
4: That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian.
3: <laughs> my memory failed me. It was 1988. If it really did fail him in '88, imagine what it's doing now, 35 years later. Okay, but getting past that, yes, he has been a sociopath his whole life. He's, I mean, a, it's a prodigious liar. Okay, but he's not so stupid. That he doesn't know an open border is bad for the country. Like, what's going on at our border right now? Okay. This is a full-scale invasion. When you talk about how it's compromising our resources, overwhelming our infrastructure. And guys, to be clear, I'm not demonizing migrants coming here to make a better life for themselves. I'm demonizing the people in Washington who've created a humanitarian crisis by opening up our border, encouraging this mass migration. And empowering human traffickers and drug cartels to usher in the golden age of fentanyl-poisoning deaths. I've had 75,000 people die of fentanyl so far in the country this year. One of the most heartbreaking stories you'll ever read is a Bronx daycare over the weekend where a one-year-old girl died in daycare because they were pushing fentanyl out of there. She was exposed to it. She died. Three other kids were hospitalized. Okay, that can only happen if the borders open. And they're indifferent to that. Why? Why? because they want to make those migrants vote Democrat in the long run. That was supposed to be a controversial thing where they'd say, oh, that's like a great replacement theory. Racists say we want to let migrants in to vote Democrat. That's why white supremacy. And what did Biden announce today? He announced that he's going to be giving benefits to 10,000 migrants. Oh, wow. Here's some money, here's some health care, here's a vaccine, here's some job placement, here's some education for your kids. Okay, you can tell me the border's closed and migrants shouldn't come. But if migrants come here illegally, get put up in a hotel and fed for free and get given free cell phones and get free government stipends, okay, the message they send back home is not don't come. The message they send back home is... That's the message. Hey, we made it. We got money. We showed up. They gave us money. What the hell
4: is the world
3: coming to? Guys, I promise you, for whatever you think of Joe Biden, is he stupid? Yes, he's always been stupid. This is a 12-year-old clip. A three-letter word. Jobs. J-O-B-S. (laughs) Jobs. It's a three-letter word. And then he counts off Four words.
8: Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
3: <laughs> He's always been stupid. Okay. He's always been stupid. But understand, at his dumbest, he knows that it is not smart for a country to pay people to break its laws. If you pay for something, if you subsidize something, you get more of it, not less of it. If you say to people who came into this country illegally, here's a pile of money. Guess what happens? More people come in illegally. That's true. That is true. That's what's going on right now. And he has to know that's bad policy. But the people running the country, you know, the same people who who decimated our domestic energy production. okay the people who espouse this open border policy. They're in charge of the country, not him. If he is in charge, if any rational, sane person with any political acumen whatsoever is running this country, they don't let this happen. They'd be concerned that 75,000 Americans are dead. We'd be at a full stop moment because a daycare just overdosed in the Bronx. But we're not at that moment, despite the fact that cities are, are overwhelmed. Okay, that Texas is completely besieged. And this has been going on for the entirety of this administration. And people are starting to speak up now. Why? Because all of those sanctuary cities that said no human being is illegal is now upset that those people are in their towns. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, Kathy Hochul, who is now the governor of my state of New York. As you know, she replaced Hansy Andy Cuomo.
5: Andy! Andy!
3: Kathy Hochul, who would tell you we were a sanctuary state and we should be building bridges and not walls. Well, that type of rhetoric has led 10,000 people into her state. And uh, yes, yeah, it turns out she's not okay with that. Okay, who knew? We went from nobody's illegal, sanctuary town USA, give us your tired, your poor, to they shouldn't be coming here. I'm not okay with it. Here it is, clip 43.
1: About 41% of the people in our shelters today are from Venezuela. They're literally from around the world. West Africa, South and Central America, they're coming from all over. But we have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country. And then you'll have a different experience when you arrive. Whoa! We
3: just went from Ron DeSantis as a human trafficker for relocating migrants to Martha's Vineyard to her saying, if you're going to come to the country, don't come to New York.
9: You are so full of shit.:
3: Don't come here! And what is she ultimately doing? Bussing them out. But to their credit over at CNN, they did ask her if this gives her some insight as to how the border states feel. Clip 42.
1: Does this make you understand better what border cities have been going through for years? Of course we do. Of course we do. We need a strong federal immigration policy, full stop. And that's why instead of talking about shutting down the government, I'm calling on the nine Republican members of Congress from New York and the rest of our Republican leadership in Washington to do the right thing and meet with President Biden and come up with a comprehensive immigration plan.
3: Oh, shut up, woman. Guys, an immigration plan, just so you understand would mean laws, would mean process, okay? Do people crossing your border illegally give a rat's ass about what laws you pass? The answer would be no. It's like gun reform. Gun reform's great if you're trying to take law-abiding citizens from their guns. But if you're trying to stop the people shooting everybody, okay, gun reform doesn't make any difference whatsoever because they're not going to respect the law. Okay, there's more guns in this country than people. Okay, if someone wants to get it illegally, they're going to get it. You got a well, to make it harder. No, it wouldn't. Cocaine's illegal. Do you know how many people overdose on cocaine a year? Do you know how many people overdose on fentanyl a year? Point being, it's not hard to get. And that's what you're missing in this moment when they come back at you with a policy recommendation. Well, I blame the Republicans. We need comprehensive immigration reform. These people are crossing the border today. Right now. Today. It is a now problem. Immigration reform. If every Republican threw their hands up right now and was like, you know what, Democrats, you win. Comprehensive immigration reform the way you want it. We all vote yes. We pass it unanimously in the Senate. We pass it unanimously in the House. You know when it's going to go into effect? I don't know. Six months from now, eight months from now, if we expedite the process. So what does that do in the meantime? If you're going to change the legislative process. It would increase the flow even more. Okay, if you want to stop people from coming here illegally, you ready for it? This is going to blow your mind. You don't let them in. If you want to stop them from coming, you don't let them in. I think he's got a point. That's all it is. Right now, we're not only letting them in, we're paying them with our tax dollars. We're sheltering them with our tax dollars. We're relocating them, if they become too much of a burden on our infrastructure, with our tax dollars. What is the benefit to America in any of this? If they're not going to be on the books contributing to society, nothing. Okay, and I am not begrudging the migrants. They're taking advantage of, a, of you know, basically an idiotic policy on our behalf. I get wanting to be here in a better country, I wish to God the reality that tens of millions of people are trying to sneak into our country every year would give the people on the left some perspective that maybe we're not the racist, oppressive hellhole they want to say we are. I mean, you ever think about that? Like, oh, it's racist here. Minorities can't get a fair shake. all right, fair. So why the hell are so many minorities trying to sneak into this country? Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's what's going on. They're trying to sneak in because it's a better life for them and their family. I don't begrudge them that. But you understand when you're overwhelming our infrastructure, our resources, when veterans are going homeless who fought for this country so we can accommodate people who snuck into this country and broke the law, okay, it is not putting your country first. It is not putting fairness first. It is not putting equity first, not putting justice first, okay? It's putting everybody here in a best-case scenario second. OK, but the reality is it's not because Joe Biden is so stupid he doesn't know any better. It's because the people running this country through him do not care. That's the reality of what you're dealing with right now.
4: And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
2: The show that solves problems the old fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at three o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. September, of course, is Sepsis Awareness Month. And I get a friendly reminder every year on the Fox Across America Facebook page from our next guest, Maria, who joins us from Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, Maria.
9: Hey, Jimmy. How are
3: you? I'm good. I know I don't wish you like a happy Sepsis Awareness Month, but it is that time of year again.
9: It is that time of year, and I always appreciate you letting me come on and and just talk to people for a few minutes about sepsis or at least let people hear the word sepsis.
3: Yeah, well, listen. many
9: times, Uh go ahead.
3: No, it's it's not me being a nice guy. It's me just looking out for the audience. Anything's better than what I'm saying for three hours a day. They appreciate you. (laughs) You can talk about anything you want. They're like, just get rid of that guy. But go
9: ahead. Um, So just during this time, I encourage people to go on sepsis.org or nsepsis.org and and read stories and read how people go septic, um, because it can help save their life or the life of someone they know. Uh, There's many common things that cause people to go septic, a tooth infection, a UTI. A dog bite, it could be any kind of bacterial infection that gets into your blood. Mm -hmm. And I feel more important than just knowing what the signs are is actually reading the stories Um, because the signs can be, um, I, I thought I had the flu. Yeah. And that's what I thought I had when really I was within an hour of dying. Oh my so goodness! I think knowing how people went septic in their their stories is, is the best way to learn about it.
3: A hundred percent. And we appreciate you raising awareness, Marie. You're doing a good thing. Every once in a while, this show functions as a source for good. Uh, it's, us- <laughs> it's usually the doing of the callers. Um, how is everything else up in Massachusetts?
9: Everything is going great. I actually thought of you this weekend. We were in Uh Alabama, and uh, I saw a bunch of people walking around with white cowboy boots.
3: Oh, no. Maybe in (laughs) Alabama. You're not going to see that in Texas. I was credibly told I would get jumped if I wore them back to the state. Are you telling me I should be doing a show in Alabama?
9: I think you should.
3: Whoa, Maria, you now have the job as my booking agent. Get out there. (laughs) Bring me in some authors, uh, and hopefully I get them before next September, okay?
9: Okay.
3: And if I can encourage people, too, to
9: check out
3: com. The tolless Check out my website. Yes, com And it's sepsis.org? Yes, sir. Good job, Maria. Take a bow. You nailed it again this year, girlfriend. I'll talk to you soon. There she goes. The great Maria. We're back after this.
2: Live from everywhere
3: USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we got a big hour coming up, girlfriend. An embarrassment of radio riches right here on Fox Across America. You're home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. Diamond Dave Landau, comedy sexiest man, going to join us in this hour. And we're going to have a grown up talk about Howard Stern.
0: There's a slob. There's a real slob.
3: I don't know uh, about his hygiene. I just know Howard Stern has really turned from a, you know, radio superstar. To be clear, eight billion times the size of this show. If radio shows, you know, were cruise ships, Howard is Carnival Cruise Lines with a water slide and a diving board and a casino, and I am the inflatable raft the Somali pirates paddle up to the oil tanker in. I am the captain now. Okay. But career differences aside, uh, you'd much rather be me right now than Howard Stern. Tell it like it is. Okay, I'm on the way up having a good time. You know, Howard Stern, when you look out at his relevance, is (laughs) nobody cares. A guy who was once the king of all media is now the Prince Harry of all media. And a lot of that has to do with his relationship and now non-relationship with Donald Trump. We're going to get into it in this hour. So buckle up.
0: Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
3: So I discussed the story this morning on Fox and Friends First at five in the morning. And funny because we had a good time discussing it on set. And then when we got off the set, I saw a bunch of news headlines that President Trump had posted my TV hit. So Trump was watching Fox and Friends First this morning at 5 a.m. He saw me making a point about his relationship with Howard Stern, and then Trump immediately jumped onto Truth Social and quoted me and posted the video. So, you know, kind of neat, the ex president of the United States, if you're into that sort of thing. But to me, uh, in media, I never get that joy that a family or friend might get from being like, oh, Trump posted your thing. There's millions of people seeing it. All I do is see myself on camera from like the one angle I don't like. And I'm like, oh, that's all I got out of that. (laughs) It's like, oh, man, really? That tie, Jimmy? Come on, man. You got to do better than that. But that's how you get good at this stuff. You find the one thing you don't like that you can focus on and improve, and that's how you make stuff better. But getting back to the content of my Fox and Friends hit today. And if you didn't see the clip, um, you know, I don't get to say this every day. Go to Donald Trump's Truth Social feed, and you'll see the clip. It's right there at the top of this feed is a picture of me and a video of me talking about him and Howard Stern. This is what you need to know, though. And these are the cliff notes. Okay, Howard Stern is in the news, barely because he declared himself proudly woke on the show yesterday. Yes, yesterday we got to see a rare glimpse of Howard on the air, actually working for a paycheck. He didn't show up to work anymore. He basically works two, three days a week, and then the staff is tasked with repackaging the content and spinning it off as additional shows. Howard Stern, the champion of the little guy, doesn't even come into the Sirius Studios anymore and see the little guy. He's alone out in the Hamptons, millions of miles removed from the day-to-day goings-on and struggles and strife of the little people. A guy who made the name for himself as a champion of the little guy. Let's bring in a homeless guy. Let's bring in Beetlejuice. Let's bring in some horny stripper, okay? Let's tell all types of crass jokes. Let's engage in all types of sexual vulgarities and improprieties. Let's put on blackface if it serves us right.
1: What the hell did you just say?
3: Not what I said. It's what he did. That's who Harold Stern, Howard Stern was. He was a guy who famously fought with the FCC and raged against the machine. Howard Stern has now joined the machine. And it's embarrassing to hear him openly brag about it. But here is the Stern clip that started this whole conversation that I was ultimately asked to comment on, that Trump ultimately truth socialed and retweeted. Okay, but here is Howard Stern's. Jump off. It's him responding to criticisms that he's woke. Clip 20.
4: I hear that oh, a lot. Geez. That I'm, I'm not good anymore because I'm woke. I, I, my whole career I've well, been Well, maybe
1: Metamucil is woke. Stop eating it. Yeah. By the way,
4: I kind of take that as a compliment that I'm woke. I'll tell you how I um, feel about it. To me, the opposite of woke is being asleep. And if woke means I can't get behind Trump, which is what I think it means, or that I support people who wanna be transgender, or I'm for the vaccine. Well, dude, call me woke as you want. That was absolutely dreadful.
3: <laughs> call me as woke as you want.
4: Everything woke turns to. Here's the rest of the clip, clip 21. I am woke, mother, and I love it. I wanna be awake, I wanna read. Legitimate news sources. Here's how woke I am. I believe the election was not rigged because you
1: did you you hear um, Trump's latest statement about how he decided the election was was uh, fake was that he just felt that way. Yeah, and he felt he had he a feeling. Listen to his lawyers. His lawyers <laughs> said to him, You lost the election. He said really? I didn't, didn't trust like them. I didn't like them. I didn't respect them. I decided that yeah. the election was rigged.
4: So I'm woke, man. I, I'm I think that's a
0: compliment.
3: <laughs> I think that's a compliment. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened to Howard Stern, just so you know. This matters. This is the truth, though, okay? This really—I'm going to dial it in for you. And this is so symptomatic of our politics and the division amongst us today. And the performative hysteria, the performative reaction, the manufactured outrage in the age of Donald Trump that Howard Stern is a part of, okay? Everybody screaming the loudest about Donald Trump and how evil and how bad he is— Every one of those people has one thing in common. They all hung out with Trump. That's true. That is true. What I mean is, they were showbiz people, they were big media figures like Stern with gargantuan egos. Okay? In Stern's case, He fancied himself the king of all media. That was his descriptor. I am the king of all media. I am the single most important person to ever open their mouth in front of a microphone. Wrong. Okay, Howard Stern at one point was the king of all media he would make headlines with every word he said he had more listenership than just about anybody out there he made a bazillion dollars when he went over to sirius because he legitimized the platform he was so tired of fighting with the fcc and the government that he gave him the finger and went over to sirius and then he went over to sirius and proceeded to become one of those government stooges shilling for the vaccine that was embarrassing yeah i'm proud to take the vaccine science baby You know, except for the fact that the vaccine doesn't work. And the self-styled champion of the little guy who went from being the king of all media, okay, suddenly started championing a vaccine that was leading to the firing of the little guy if they didn't want to take the non-working vaccine. He sided with Big Pharma. He sided with the government In firing the little guy. Howard, champion of the little guy, was now turning on little guys everywhere in the country. That's just how white folks will do you. And of course, he resented, and this is where it all stems from. He is bashing Trump day in and day out because it kills his ego. It destroys his ego that Donald Trump is so much more relevant than he would ever hope to be bingo. Howard Stern went from being, I'm the king of all media. Howard Stern's media reach isn't one one billionth that of Donald Trump's. Now, why would that burn him so much getting past the competitive ego? It's because they were great friends. Howard would have Trump on his show every single week. So imagine in an environment where Howard does a show where he is so big, elite, and out of touch that he doesn't even see his staff in person, doesn't go to the parties, doesn't meet them, doesn't show up to the Christmas party, doesn't come into the studio, so out of touch with the little guy. But such an omnipotent Mount Olympus host. But suddenly, in his orbit, Mr. Big, the biggest thing that ever lived, has a guest on the show that's suddenly bigger than him. (laughs) That, that's Howard every night screaming when he goes home at the end of the show and finishes belittling the staff and not interacting with them personally and talking down to everybody. He goes home, sticks his head in the bathtub and screams.
0: Ah! Ah, no, no!
3: That's Howard every single night, sticks his head in the tub, takes the wig off, sticks his head in the tub and screams because he can't deal with being as irrelevant as he is in the age of Trump. So why does he get on the air every day and diminish Trump's accomplishments? Trash him as he colluded with Russia. He said that every every day for two and a half years. Trump colluded with Russia. This guy will say anything. Because he was desperate in his orbit to regain his prominence. He was never going to regain the relevance comparative to Trump. Trump is the most famous person that ever lived infinitely more famous than even Barack Obama.
2: I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Think
3: about that. Does anybody talk about Barack Obama day in and day out and care what he's doing? <laughs> Donald Trump's the most famous person on the planet Earth, and if you were the king of all media, as Howard Stern was, oh, it burns your balls to have one of your guests eclipse you on the level that Trump has.
1: He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But
3: getting past that is Although Howard can't have the relevance anymore, okay, in his ecosystem of his show, he still wants to be the biggest thing out there. And the only way he can accomplish that, if Trump's making all the headlines, is to bring back Trump and bash him every single day.
0: I'm telling you, that boy's a genius.
3: Every single day. When you hear him lashing out, I think, well, they think woke means I'm anti-Trump. No, it doesn't. We don't – woke, okay, it becomes a little bit of a catch-all in the media. But what woke is, okay, is manufactured grievance. Woke is a performative outrage, a form of cultural arson where people go out to areas of life that we've never had a problem with and identify some type of racial or sexist animus that the rest of us have never wasted our time on before. ...as a means of showing us how attuned they are to the struggles of women and minorities. Like, you know the people canceling Native American sports mascots? That's woke. And why is it woke? It's no different than tearing down a statue. The reason is because it does absolutely nothing to improve the quality of life that you're acting on behalf of.
6: You are correct, sir.
3: Can you imagine being so out of touch with the plight of Native Americans that you think changing the halftime show is going to improve their quality of life? People with higher rates of heart disease, diabetes, alcoholism, lower rates of life expectancy, a bunch of white people show up like, oh, we'll fix it, you guys. We'll change the halftime show. It'll be great. We'll see. That's what that is. It's white people getting offended on behalf of minority groups that didn't ask for the offense. They'd rather you focus on real issues affecting them. When you go tear down a 200-year-old statue of a president, does that actually improve the failing city schools that black children are trapped in? The answer would be no. Does it lower the crime rates in the overwhelmed legal systems of the inner cities? The answer would be no. No. Are you kidding me? Doesn't help anybody get a job. Doesn't help anybody get back and forth to work any safer. Doesn't lower the gas prices, all of which have become issues Under this president. Biden is such a disaster. Yet Howard Stern will prop him up at every turn because it diminishes Trump. Okay, wokeism is not about Trump. Yes, it's a legal term, but it's I mean, it's a it's a left wing term, but it's a term that's taught people to search for grievance where they'd otherwise find fun. Hey, you can't laugh at that joke. That might be insensitive to certain races. That might be insensitive to certain political ideologies. You can't laugh at that. That's what wokeism is. And Howard Stern is now saying he's openly, proudly woke. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, everything he built his fame on would be anti-woke, wearing blackface. Could you wear blackface and be accepted by the woke community? The answer would be no. Could you be throwing pieces of baloney onto women's buttocks as Howard Stern famously did? I love it when
7: you talk dirty.
3: You couldn't do that and be welcome in the everybody's oppressed woke, you know, arena. You couldn't be out there with the Kabasa queen or any of the other things he did to demean and belittle women like ask Anna Nicole Smith to step on a scale. You see, if you hate something long enough, you become it. Howard Stern spent his whole life hating the elites, and it ultimately led him to become one. And he's lost touch with everything that made him great other than that competitive ego that made him want to be the most relevant dude on earth. But in not being able to make peace with the fact that Donald Trump's star eclipsed him a million times over, Howard Stern managed to transform himself from the king of all media to the Prince Harry of all media. <laughs>
0: Introducing ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I do. I know more about ISIS than the general. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand me. the tax laws better than almost anyone you will take your questions on everything from baseball deals... Nobody knows more about trade than me. ...to children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's
4: nobody that understands the horror of
0: nuclear better than me. Ask Trump, the fastest-growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had.
2: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Good God, Howard Stern. I am proudly woke. That was embarrassing. Oh, what a dirtbag. So sad. Howard Stern is a guy, understand, who at the height of his fame was bashing gay people. Okay. I mean, for real, that was one of them was in my family. Okay. I'm not even making That's another crazy wrinkle to this story. Back in the 80s, uh, I had a cousin, Richard Phelps, the first openly gay justice who was appointed to the Manhattan Supreme Court here in New York. And Stern used to break his shoes on the air all the time for being gay. I mean, that's what he did. Wore blackface in a New Year's Eve special, demeaned women at every turn, you know, allowed callers to use the N-word on his show. Like, he was doing that. Okay, making jokes about the Columbine school shooting the day after. He was a shock jock. A shock jock is what people with very little talent do to get attention and hand you entertainment. Well, I'll just say the most offensive thing I can think of and we'll all be like, wow, this guy's ballsy. He's a provocateur. But at his core, he's a businessman just trying to get paid and make money. And now that he's made so much money, he's surrounded by other people who've made so much money. You know, you're just hanging out in the Hamptons exclusively. You start to identify and empathize more with that crowd. Do you understand? Donald Trump is a billionaire who has a greater connection to the working man in this country than any politician who has ever lived. And Howard Stern resents that, too, because Howard Stern wanted to run for office. He ran for governor in 1994. Did that work out? The answer would be no. No, he fell on his face. George Pataki wound up winning the governorship, okay? But Stern ran for governor in 94. He thought he was going to ride his connection to the little guy, his willingness to speak off the cuff and not run things through a filter. He thought he was going to ride that all the way to the White House. Wrong. Didn't happen. And then Donald Trump, a regular caller on his show, came over and eclipsed his star by a billion so there's nothing he can do now to preserve his ego other than to trash Trump at every turn.
0: Get him out of here. Get him out.
3: Oh, girl the band sounds excited it's because they are comedy sexiest man joining us now on the line diamond dave landau is back hey girl
8: hey baby how you doing
3: uh i am very good snookums i should ask uh where are you appearing next because i usually get that and make it a part of your intro and now i'm a radio deadbeat dad i didn't keep that promise where are you appearing next tell the crowd
8: okay you went to get cigarettes and you just never came back it happens (laughs) um uh, I, I'd like to promote, uh, Carson city, uh, the, uh, 30th of this month. I'll be oh, there I'm at, so uh, jealous. Ca- yes. The, uh, the oh, house God. that Jimmy built, as they say in Carson, <laughs> the Carson city nugget in Carson city, Nevada.
3: Well, now you'll know why the roof is leaking. It is the house that, <laughs> Jim- <laughs> you know, shingles are a little out of whack. It's the house that Jimmy built. You are, I, I know we've discussed this. You're going to love it so much. It will be – be, of all the casino gigs you do and places you tour around the country, it will be your favorite, an instant, an instant favorite. It just has so much character. And uh, Carson City has it's, – it's immersed in, like, that gold rush vibe. You know, you're actually not far from, um, my goodness, Virginia City, Gold Canyon, where, like, people literally showed up with, like, wagons in the 1840s looking for gold.
8: And then lost it all on blackjack.
3: His slot machines and video poker predominantly. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. I mean lost it all. That's where all the brothels opened up because it's also by, like, the Bunny Ranch. And you can see oh, okay. how – but you can straight see how this progression took place. People went looking for gold, found it, gambled it away, and then they had to go turn tricks in a brothel. That's exactly yeah. how the area was settled. <laughs> a historian told me it. that.
8: Yeah, I have to say that's my wife. Like, honey, I just want to go see it once. Uh, I'm not going to do anything. I don't know. Research, <laughs> research purposes.
3: Research
8: purposes. I have got to take a tour of the. Yeah, go yeah, on. Don't even want to stay
3: long. Don't even want to stay long. Oh, man. Damn no. So exciting. Um, listen, I'm happy to hear your voice. I wanted to talk about Stern. So this happened since I texted you this morning. I was on Fox & Friends talking about Stern. I have theories, as do you. Uh, Trump yes. saw me on Fox and & Friends and posted it on Truth Social. Which brings a little That's more awesome. visibility to the story. Just funny. You know what I mean? Uh, listen, anytime, and you know this, Any anytime a guy like you or me gets any type of mass media exposure, it's exciting for our friends and scary for us because I just look at my appearance and I'm like, oh, man, really? So the whole, wor- <laughs> the, the whole world's going to see me. I look like a talking ham with a tie yeah. around my neck. <laughs> They're like, what is this? Is Trump endorsing honey-baked ham now? Why is he truth-socialing this talking spiral ham? And that was yeah, my the- first takeaway. <laughs>
8: Anytime I've ever done anything, I'm like, I asked you if I looked good in this, and you said yes, and you knew I didn't. <laughs> Yo, can, I t-
3: can I tell you something I'll never forgive my wife for as long as we live, and I don't bring it up often? I one-shot a a, a pilot for the MSG network that televises the Knicks and the Rangers. They were gonna do this like goofy reaction. Chinese
8: poison network. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, it, it was a
3: it was a Chinese food. I was doing a plug for General Sal Chicken. Again, back to me yes. looking like a talking ham. I thought it was a natural. I thought guy, man of my physique, if you were starting a Chinese chain, would you not hire me on the MSG network? Of course you would. Cab driver, yep. I'd know all the best spots. Come on, man. Yes. But but anyway. I remembered I always would let Jenny consult me on outfits, and the outfit I wore for this particular pilot was – it was the most horrendous color scheme I could ever put on, okay? And every time to this day I see a picture of the pilot when, like, Facebook gives you a reminder, I am so outraged at, like, what we wound up on. Um, but I, but, And Jenny failed – she had say in this. And uh, but that is why, like going forward, like when you see me on TV dressed like I'm an overweight figure skater, or I'm running a Liberace cover band, <laughs> it's because I went broke. Oasis broke up. I stopped. I excommunicated Liam Gallagher from the creative process, and now you're just getting Noel's outfits.
8: Yes, you look <laughs> you look like hey, Liberace if he had got the medication. Now,
3: <laughs> where you gain weight, <laughs> you liber- yeah. Liberace? Yes, if you if you got if you got sick at the at the time Magic Johnson did. Yes. It's got to
8: feel good. Well, i got to tell you,
3: (laughs) if Liberace is running a movie chain like Magic Johnson, I don't know that they're showing Indiana Jones. They're showing some (laughs) other films. (laughs)
8: No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's seedy and not in a neighborhood you want to go. <laughs> it's lovely. Or at least if you, at least yeah. if you do go, you're wearing a mask. Not yeah. even if there's COVID.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, for a sunny day, there sure are a lot of raincoats in here. This yeah. is interesting. Yeah, this seems strange. <laughs> I don't know what the vibe is? I don't know what the vibe is, Landau. But let's have this talk, okay? So Trump retweets this thing. Hooray! Uh, what I was talking about specifically was Stern was saying he's proudly woke. And, and and he was saying in his interpretation of this, woke meant being anti-Trump, ergo he was proudly woke. Now, I have a theory that I shared on the television that I will share with you, okay? I think Trump's omnipotence in the media... Really burnt Stern's balls because Howard was the king of all media, the most important person to ever talk in front of a microphone until a regular guest on his show became the most famous human being to ever live. Do you think, on a basic level, that's where a lot of the animus from Stern to Trump goes?
8: Absolutely, because Stern is, I mean, he always was full blown kind of narcissist. It was a bit of his charm, it's Mm -hmm. why he was able to be. Kind of. I don't want to say evil, but, you know, he yeah. could be that everyman and just kind of uh, get away cruel, with rule, but, but funny. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Um And then you've got somebody who got away with stuff so well, he became the president, yeah. <laughs> which Stern could never achieve that level. I think that's absolutely possible. I
3: mean, and think about and this. God, I was going to say Stern no, no. Ran, Stern ran for governor. He ran for governor in 94 and got his ass handed to him. So understand Trump did the thing he wanted to do, but bigger than governor. He did it as president, and he did it, to be clear, with the same act that Howard did. That was the, that's why their characters got along so well. That's why you and me get along so well. Is Howard, right. And Howard was known for saying crass, vulgar things, and the little guy loved it. But Trump had such a connection to the little guy, he could actually become president. Whereas Howard actually turned into the thing he hated, which was the elite that was now shilling for big pharma and establishment politicians.
8: That's, a, well, it's absolutely what he's been doing. And the way that he's acted as if this was always his opinion the whole time mm-hmm. is what's so bizarre to me because it's always been this odd play where it's like, yeah, we all remember, you know, characters like, you know, Hank's a non-binary little person. <laughs> and,
3: you know, the the Kabasa queen, she was just there to draw attention to climate change. Is that what you're telling of me? Of course.
8: <laughs> yes, of course. You remember You remember all of this. It's the only way we could stop pollution. Um, and yeah, you see this, and he was known for that, and, and, and I was an industrial painter when he was on, and, and I would listen to him all the time, and it would always connect with me. And now it's just this guy who... It comes off as a guy who so desperately wants to talk to celebrities. Like he never realized how big his own celebrity was with yep. the everyman, mm-hmm. that it had to be that elitist celebrity, that different level of celebrity where – because he had plenty of stars come on his show like everyman. Ben Stiller and stuff who mm-hmm. weren't afraid to talk to him. They yep. just were like, I get it, whatever, Howard. But he wanted that certain level of uh, untouchability, which is what he has mm-hmm. now is that – and he's complete. he's either completely – completely disconnected or completely aware of what he's doing because he's that angry at Trump and at the the fact at his own audience for not getting him to that level.
3: Yeah, no, think about that. We're talking to Dave Landau. It's a brilliant observation. And I think because he wants to ingratiate himself to that level of celebrity, he adopts their politics, one. Because it's self-preservation. A lot of the things he did would get him canceled now. I mean, the guy was wearing blackface, okay? Like Jimmy Kimmel, who is now, of course, a surrogate of the Democratic Party. On some level, he probably feels like he has to be. Because there's going to come a news cycle where it's not cool to be wearing blackface. Like in the summer of 2020, okay, they very narrowly survived being canceled by getting out there and and cheering on the people who wanted to defund the police and the people who were rioting. Because if they didn't, when we were just sitting around looking for things to cancel, like, oh, let's go whack Aunt Jemima and screw her black family out of royalties in the name of racial progress. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys, no check anymore, because us angry white people are saving you. We're saving you by taking away your money because we care. You understand? I mean, in the summer of 2020, if they were Republican, is there any way they'd still be on the air?
8: Absolutely not. And Stern himself is the only white guy who has used the N-word publicly more than Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) I mean, if you look back at like just his history of just what he said on the radio and what he's been able to get with and why he had Robin there and Mm -hmm. stuff that he said is like and look at a time it was very enjoyable. And I understand making certain changes to who you are because times change. But when you're doing something so drastic, I mean, like I I listened to his video and he's talking about, well, his main point was I'm not stupid. Yeah. So I'm woke. And it's like, well, that's your that's the that's the problem with every person who thinks they're woke. It's like you, you're not that's that's not woke. That's just you thinking you're superior to everyone you talk to.
3: So spot on. And that's when Ed, part of that clip is he goes, you know, yeah, I like the vaccine. You know, science, baby. I went to see, see CVS. Uh, we got another booster shot. I'm like, dude, if you're on your fifth shot, it means it's not working. That's not science. That's not a vaccine, you know? And that's the thing he's shilling for. But as a champion of the little guy, do you understand? No, it's a champion. But think about it. As a champion of the little guy, if you say, yeah, I'm all for the vaccine stuff, the vaccine stuff screwed the little guy because the little guy got fired from his job if he didn't want to take the vaccine, that didn't work.
8: Exactly. And that's who you're backing, the people that you once stood up for. And I just started kind of laughing because I just had a vision of him, you know, talking about the science and it's like, didn't you bring a guy named juice onto your show and basically pay him in crack? And I'm not talking about the Chicago mayor, but what was the science <laughs> behind that? Hell? <Health>? Listen,
3: <laughs> I will not have you besmirch the model, Lori Lightfoot.
8: <laughs> you did. Gordon's sister.
3: Uh... <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. It's his ex-wife,
8: and uh, yes, that death turned
3: out to be a suicide after all of that. Yeah, she
8: she got very mangled in the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> I think there's three people who are getting this joke. That's for you guys.
3: Um, <laughs> Sometimes you take you niche the humor out for the audience. That Edmund Fitzgerald <laughs> joke was for you three academics.
8: But and but I think you're spot on with that. He's he's siding with the exact people who are taking away the jobs and the, and really the rights and the freedom of speech of his actual fans and. Mm-hmm. When you look at the idea of the freedom of speech and what we do and how that's kind of championed almost, I don't want to say ad nauseum because it can never be, but he did it without always saying it, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and now he's taking it away without saying it.
3: Dude, he, his whole career was defined by him fighting the FCC. That's what it was. Hey, government regulators, not here you don't. He'd give him the finger. And now he's aligning himself with the pro-censorship crowd. And that's what wokeism is. Wokeism is looking out at the world and finding grievance where no one else does. Like, remember when people wanted to take Abraham Lincoln's name off a of high school in San Francisco that in the yeah. summer of 2020? That's wokeism. Nobody in the world thought Abraham Lincoln was a problem, and they were like, aha, you don't get it. We do. We see how oppressive this country is. Ergo, we've got to cancel the guy who freed the slaves. Just to show you right. Wait,
8: wait, wait, what? And let's say you let's say you didn't like Abraham Lincoln for whatever reason. Don't you think he got what he deserves? <laughs> <I>
0: mean, <laughs> has the man not you, been through enough?
8: <laughs> yeah, but was he funny. Plus, his, his wife was a goofball. I hear it mean, oh, yeah. the guy. He just went through enough.
3: I mean, we we've all had our bad viewing experiences on Rotten
8: Tomatoes, but as his goes. <laughs> I think it's number one. I
3: I think, I mean, when you see his Yelp review of the Ford Theater, uh, it's scathing. (laughs) It's scathing. His last words were, and another thing. And then he just died. (laughs) He just bled out. Yeah,
8: especially because it was in those days where one bullet, you know, took 14 days to kill you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) His last words were, and don't even get me started on the popcorn.
8: Right. (laughs)
5: But I
3: mean, (laughs) that's all your fault. And like, (laughs) you opened this can up. It's a good camp. But it's a great camp. But, but it's like the people who want to cancel Abraham, Lincoln, like they're out of their minds. and like. But that's what wokeism is. They go looking for grievance where it would be fine. So listen, I talk about this in my act. You may at some point. I don't know. But when the people try to cancel Native American mascots, okay, do you know how out of touch you have to be with what Native Americans have been through to think changing the halftime show somehow improves the quality experience they've had in this country?
8: It, it It makes zero sense, and also the Cleveland Indians it had the first Native American, if they want to call it that Indian player on the team mm-hmm. and the reason why they called them that is because it was based on this player who was an excellent ball player, mm-hmm. so it, the way that it was named was through history, you yeah. know, and it wasn't it wasn't a negative it had a chief Wahoo who I thought was a cool logo, and it 's like Um, and you look at that now and Indians was a term that was actually used before people from India came here, you know, and it's, it's, that's what's so bizarre about it. It's like they, well, they were actually Indians first and it was a term actually that was very complimentary, Mm -hmm. but over the years that became so, so bastardized for lack of a a better word. And Mm -hmm. then now you have a team where I watch professional baseball and I can't tell you though, the guardians, and I, I always forget because I can't remember. The Dude. name of the, the <laughs> stupid team that I once really liked. So I was like, best logo in sports. Love the movie Major League. And then it's like, why did you do that? No one <laughs> no one cares that you did that.
3: Dude, again, no one. No one. Like nothing in the Native American community gets better. They have the highest rates of alcoholism, heart disease, and diabetes. None of that is affected by who's racing a hot dog around the warning track during the seventh inning stretch. And that's reality. And never mind that you weren't choosing a Native American mascot to clown Native Americans. You thought it looked cool.
8: And so did everyone. Like, every kid thought that was the coolest-looking mascot. Like, I don't know anybody... Like I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, unfortunately, but hey, go Lions! Sorry, New York. But uh, <laughs> but honestly, I like I was a Detroit Tigers fan, but I still always wanted that logo because yep. it was the coolest logo, and we took that away from people and like from you. And it makes no sense because it's a bunch of people who want to please mm-hmm. a mob that they created. I, that's yep. the craziest that, part. That's
3: it. They're cultural arsonists. They light a fire and then go put it out. That's the whole point. Yes. That is wokeism. We'll light a fire and show the world how virtuous we are for extinguishing it. And that's what Howard Stern is draping his, you know, billionaire arms around. You know, if you hate something long enough, you become it. That's what it is. He became the elite he despised. It's embarrassing, Diamond Dave. But you know what's not embarrassing as we let you go? The Carson Nugget. It is September 30th, Saturday night, September 30th. You're going to be I mean, that's it doesn't get any more excited than that. Um,
8: I'm really looking forward to it. Listen, we're
3: going to commercial just so all the women can catch their breath. But thank you. We'll always have this.
8: (laughs) Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. See you later. babe. Take care. Call in now. We're
2: excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We head out to Cleveland, the source of our discussion. David is in Cleveland, Ohio. Yo, David. Hey, thanks for taking my call. For sure, man. Um, I got a good minute, and you are in Cleveland where this Indian story transpired. Let me know what you got.
4: Yeah, I've been a fan my whole life when it was the Cleveland
8: Indians, but I feel like they've ripped my childhood away from me because I grew up watching that icon on the edge of the stadium as we drove past with the parents.
5: Yep.
4: And uh, once that disappeared, I had no more love of the game. Because it's like, totally get, I, I know, I get it, because
3: it, it's like you have to pretend your childhood didn't happen.
8: Exactly. Oh.
3: Well, listen, if ever I
8: wanted to give you my two cents no, on
3: I, that one, I appreciate it. And if ever there was a reason to disassociate from the Indians, it was usually their play. But you stuck around despite their play. And it was the mascot that ran you over town. What a stupid time to be alive. Thanks for the call, David. I'll see you in Parma Heights when I visit Jenny's family. We're back after this with Charles McBee and Ryan Reese. Buckle up.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Yes, it sure is, and we are fired up in this hour of Fox Across America. We're going to be joined for a full hour. Two of my favorite people anywhere, and they hold the distinction... Of being two of my only showbiz friends who have not tried to screw me over this week behind my back. Not yet, buddy. We're going to spill some tea because the champ is fired up. He is not having it in this hour. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. 888-788-9910 if you want to talk me off the ledge. Uh, The way the show's been going today, I think most of them are going to talk me onto it, though. They're going to be like, no, I'll do it. Do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing about suicide notes. Sometimes I do bet you read them and go, yeah, actually, this has worked out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, really? That's, that's the best take you could come up with? This wasn't going to work. All uh, way to start the show. Thank you. Yes. Who's ready for some comedy? <laughs> I'll tell you who is. Uh, comedian, uh, superstar, warm-up comic for shows like Seth Meyers. Uh, he's done Last Week, Tonight, the Tonight. she's done it all. Yeah. Okay. The Daily Show. I'm talking about Ryan Reese. <laughs> People are excited. What and about, an, Don't forget your backyard. Yeah, Ryan is a staple. A regular appearance. Staple. He has probably drank more alcohol in my backyard than I have. Yeah. then yeah. Lincoln has. Well, you go away. Which is, <laughs> I leave, he keeps showing up. And of course, another guy, for, uh, a fan favorite in The Fail of House, Bixby Fail is Dog Sitter, superstar comedian, <laughs> head writer for Charlemagne the God. Charles McBee is in the house. Why, Who,
7: why thank you. It's, wh- so, it's an honor.
3: You know, it's so bad. By the way, I didn't have the sound bite queued up. So now on camera, it just looks racist. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Ryan got a stand to go, and McBee got... Get him out of here. Get him out. Dog sitter McBee. Can we do that over? Can we do that over? Fix it in post. It's good. <laughs> this is live radio, baby. Okay. Nice to see you both, you guys. Um, for a little background, uh, you've you know both been on this show at various points, and yes, you both appear regularly in my backyard. Uh, But for the listeners, this is just three comics having a little chit-chat about the world. There's a lot going on. And uh, you made it into the studio uh, despite uh, the 7,000 migrant barricades in the city right now. And it's UN Week. I was going to say the UN. UN Week. So you want to laugh today? I was talking about, as a cab driver, UN Week is the Super Bowl of hookers. In that if you work UN Week, all you do is drop off hookers at closed checkpoints. Because they need to get to the embassies, and that becomes a thing. Like they talk to you about it, and they'll hire you. Like during UN week as a cab driver, you get hired like a limo driver. Women will, give you, will take your phone number and be like, hey, can I just call you whenever I need you? And they'll pay you like 500 bucks. So guys who drive in UN week make a lot of money, but you get stuck in a lot of traffic. You follow me so far? So I talked about that yesterday on the show. Today... There was not that they were listening to my show, but one of the news outlets did run a story this week. I'll tell it to you really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. No. You didn't know that? No. No, for uh, real? Why would we know? Why, well, would I know, know why that? Ryan would know. You do know, you know, know who he, he. I'm kidding. Hey, yeah, do you know who I date? Yes. Ryan hangs out with some, <laughs> you know, I don't want. Women of the night would be a step up. He's hanging out with women of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know those daytime strippers? Oh, no. If you've, guys, if you've never seen oh. a daytime stripper, Google Image. Britney Spears, right now. Britney looks like right now. It's sad. Uh, yeah. Whoever let her out of the conservatorship, way to go, because she now looks like the scariest stripper in the strip club on the noon shift. Does she not, Ryan?
6: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's my wheelhouse right there.
3: So here we go, <laughs> or, or as Ryan calls them, my fiance. Just,
6: uh, hey, it's hard work. Eight it, hours. They're doing eight hour shift. You try twirling around that
7: pole. <laughs> Listen, we work in show business. They're a step up from what we do <laughs> half the
3: time. So here it is. Here's the news headline on, in the New York Post, page six. U.N. General Assembly brings hooker convention to New York City. High-priced escorts from Vegas and Europe. Mikey, did I say this on the show yesterday? Yes, you did. See, he's got to switch headphones because he was watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, yes, you can. I'm kidding. He's ordering hookers. But did I not say yesterday that if you're driving a cab, Josh, did I say this? Yes, you did. Thank Affirmative. You. Thank you. And okay. by the way, that part really got my attention. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but in the history of this show, that's the only fact-checking we ever do is the hooker stories.
6: Well, look, I'm going to speak to my girlfriend. She's going to work real hard. <laughs> and next year, she's going to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> if it goes well at UN Week, you get invited to the Super
3: Bowl <laughs> or some other hooker gladen event. I'm sure like one of those yeah, big, big conventions, right? Oh, yeah. So that's going on. There's two things in New York right now. If you're in New York, you're seeing a, a preponderance of hookers and you're seeing migrants cuz migrants win. everywhere.
7: Unbelievable nipple.
3: <laughs> that's what it stands for? Yeah. Well, that's it's it's everywhere right now, but what's so funny about it is like these are the most elite of the elite. Like they're world leaders, they're diplomats. But at their core, this could be a convention for anything. It's guys away from their wives who get hookers. It's literally a convention for anything.
6: Oh, yeah. All the steakhouses are full. Uh, loaded. Loaded. You can't get anywhere near them.
3: You get nowhere, nowhere near them. But I, I will tell you, though, this is also, its it's kind of misleading. It's like you're in the Midwest because this is the only week of the year where women will say hello to you from a hundred feet away. (laughs) You know, like that happens in the Midwest because people are friendly. If it happens to you here in New York, she's working. Oh yeah, she's sending you a bill.
7: Yeah. (laughs) It's a a weird week. In their defense, with Epstein out of the picture, they got to get, you know, they got to get action from somewhere.
3: (laughs) Yeah, this is the week. It's true. UN week is the week they don't have to fly to some nondescript island in the Caribbean. (laughs) Their island is is Manhattan. (laughs) (laughs) Then (laughs) and then scrub their names from the flight manifesto. (laughs) Well, isn't it nice to take a flight where we're allowed to admit we were on you guys? Isn't it it fascinating, though? Because I consider the death of Jeffrey Epstein the proof that both parties can still work together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know when they want to get something done yeah. they can get don't aren't you kind of like in a weird way when i when you found out fd was done did it like renew your faith in government in a way <laughs> talk about reaching across the aisle <laughs> Oh, <laughs> hey. yeah. good stuff well if you want to build on that pun uh speaking of sexual interaction this was also a big headline this week lauren bobert that's right mm. in a movie theater ryan i'll ask you in modern politics if a hot chick is caught giving a handy in a theater do you really think that hurts her po- that her her popularity
6: i no no i just i mean did did we get a bill passed for it or like what was the outcome of the handy well well <laughs> well
3: i can't say it on a family station such as this no i don't know nothing i mean the point is she got she got caught on a surveillance camera doing it isn't it fascinating to think McBee, yeah that if you grope a dude in a theater we have in video of that within 30 seconds but if you bring cocaine into the White House, <laughs> nobody has any recollection or proof of how it got there. Isn't that
7: a little weird. It's also like infrared. I mean, it's it's detailed HD video. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't really tripping about it that much. This is no. like the last thing. Something this political happened in the theater. We lost the president. All right. So like,
3: <laughs> he brings back Abe Lincoln. <laughs> it is the most significant if you rank movie theater interactions. Okay, as they've influenced pop culture or politics. Yeah. Okay, probably Abe Lincoln gets is the GOAT. Uh, <laughs> no fault of his own. Yeah. Okay, Pee Wee Herman. I there you saying, go. You
6: yeah, need Pee Wee. R.I.P. Pee
3: Wee. Another <laughs> great Pee Wee Herman. One of, my, the, one of my top two favorite movies of all time. And yeah. Francis Buxton, Mark Holton, as you know, calls into the show all the time. He's down listening on KRMG in Tulsa, probably day drunk in his backyard it right was, now. It was
6: shocking, that story, though. Yeah, was that Pee Wee? No, 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 Lauren. Oh yeah, yeah. Who still goes to the movie theater? <laughs>
3: <That's>... <laughs> I know, that f- so it's so funny that they went. Well, they. You know what it was? It was it was a showing of Beetlejuice, yeah. which again is an odd play to get horny during. When you think of Michael Michael uh, Michael Keaton yeah. and the makeup and the Deo song and all of that.
7: But is it though? Because I listen. <laughs> well, technically, no. Not as a guy. Yeah. Like as a guy, you're watching a plane crash, and yeah. you're like, I know what <laughs> I know what you need, honey. <laughs> And it just brings back. I think that's part of the nostalgia of going to the movies in the '90s. Mm-hmm. You go into the movies in the '90s, the floor is sticky and other things are all, also.
3: <laughs> yeah, that just, popcorn. Yeah, you know, yeah, that the popcorn. popcorn. I see what you're that's saying, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I the popcorn. I see what you're saying. A lot of butter, a lot of popcorn. Sometimes you go out to the lobby to get a treat. You don't bring back enough napkins. Exactly. And next thing, you know, the floor is sticky. I see what you did there. Very well said. On it. that exactly. note,
6: you're bringing *Jenny* to Broadway this week. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> um, it's UN week. Haven't you heard? Oh, it's UN week. <laughs> you, know
3: what is, you, know, you know what good fellas are like? Friday nights was for the gamas. Saturday <laughs> night was for the wives. <laughs> what is it? It's Thursday night. I don't know who that's for. The for the hookers. It's UN week. It's the general assembly. Ryan Reese in studio. Charles McBee is in studio. Uh, we are really attempting fate with an hour of this. But I, this is what I think is happening. I think this was the benefit of Trump in politics, and we'll get into the non-benefits. But I think politics going crass in a way helped us because people realized like – no one wants to pretend anymore. We don't want to pretend to be virtuous and good. I'm not saying that's an endorsement of everything Trump does, but I think the fact that he was able to get elected was a refusion of this performative politics where everyone used to come on TV and say wonderful things but they were still screwing us over behind the scenes. I mean, when you think about how many wars we've been lied to by the government, you know, how many medicines have experimented on people, you know what I mean? So, it's hard to think that we're ever going to go back to people demanding pretend. Do you think that's like a Trump effect, like in a way that benefits someone like Boebert? Or there's a Virginia congresswoman who's streaming her sex videos online. She's running for Congress by streaming her porn online. I think it's brilliant.
6: Yeah. Is it any good? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> like, like you didn't watch it.
3: <laughs> Ryan Reese, the Hunter Biden of comedians. I, listen,
6: I, I like to do my research on who I'm voting for. And...
3: <laughs> but oddly enough, he doesn't live in Virginia, but he still researched the story. I care. But McBee, do you I, think we're past the point? Do you think? Do you think decorum will ever come back to politics? Or do you think the ship's sailed?
7: I, I don't know, man. I mean, when it comes to politics, they always take their, especially the liberals, they take their cue from Hollywood. And if there's anything you know about Hollywood, you always have to, uh, you know, make it a public apology or give a heartfelt speech in front of a fake. wooden wall or like some
3: you (laughs) know what the best one was? Ellen because Ellen was accused of she was so elite she demeaned her staff and wouldn't even talk to the little people and to apologize she had it over
7: Zoom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
8: <laughs> I'm not hanging out with these people
6: in
7: person It's like I'll say I'm sorry Yeah, I'll like <laughs> well, still don't, hang out with them They don't have a soul I don't think they're going to all of a sudden shift gears It's just going to be something that we kind of The cast out of the bag We kind of know how this thing works But I feel like depending on what side you're on You're still going to want a little bit of like You know Pee on my leg and tell me it's raining.
3: That type of thing?
7: Yeah. Well, the way it works
3: now is they pee on your leg and tell you it's climate change. <laughs> like, well, if it's climate change, why is R. Kelly on in the background? <laughs> of course, there's another celebrity who has uh, some very strong comments about Donald Trump. I reacted to them this morning. Trump uh, truth socialed it. We will share that post when we come Congratulations. back. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, Matt, look at that. I'm on five government watch lists, and we'll name all of them when we come back after this the
2: show that's not afraid to tell you the truth
3: not only you're not a very nice person you're also a slob
2: fox across america with jimmy phala
3: fox across america with jimmy phala i got ryan reese and charles McBee in studio for a full hour that's stupid Use your
4: common sense.
3: No, ma'am. It's going to work. My cousin Cindy just texted me, who authorized this? I actually had to write back, honestly. <laughs> no. This is like, <laughs> I am technically the host of the show, but this is pirate radio. I was like, you know what I'm going to do with the third hour to show? I'm going to have my friends over. I, I mean, it's actually interesting because I've never talked to either of you sober.
7: There's oh, there's more HR supervision in my bedroom doing YouTube videos than there is. <laughs> 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 they just let it
3: rip. The they just let it rip. Uh, let's talk about the Howard Stern thing really quick. I won't spend too much time on it because I was talking to Dave Lando about this earlier, and we talked about it on Fox and Friends. The, tr- the clip Trump retweeted was me talking about how I believe the reason Stern hates Trump so much is Trump was a regular on Stern, and Howard was the king of all media. And Trump became so much more relevant than Howard. He's the most famous guy on earth, for better or for worse. Yeah, bigger, bigger. Huge. And I think his ego means the only thing Howard can do is try to diminish that by trashing him at every turn. Because for you to get on the air and say, oh, he's the worst guy who ever lived, I'm like, except for the fact that you had him on your show every Thursday for 22 years. But once you get past that, I have no connection to the guy.
6: Speak to a 27-year-old. They have no idea who Howard Stern is.
3: No idea. None. None. know yeah. so that, Trump. That's they have no idea. Oh, they Trump. definitely know they Trump. They know Their therapists know Trump too.
7: <laughs> also, uh, I love how Howard is acting as if like we can't go back. Yeah. And li- re-listen to all the heinous things he said.
3: <laughs> Dude, he wore blackface.
7: Yeah, yes. He's like, and he's uh-huh. like, if if I'm woke, I'm
3: proud to be woke. I'm like, I got to be honest. The woke community, <laughs> they they might not issue you a license to drive in the woke community if you wore blackface. Or did other things, Beetlejuice and everything in between.
7: Yeah, it's crazy.
3: And, but I think part of that is, too. I, I I mean, I think that is Howard just trying to survive. Because, like, in that summer of 2020 when we were literally canceling everything, okay, if he was not woke or, you know, aligning with those causes, I think he would have a big problem. Because they were going back in time and canceling people for things they did 20 years
6: ago. As soon as Hollywood accepted him, he went that way. Yeah. As soon as it happened. Yeah. He and fired they- uh, everyone that was close to him and—
3: Champion of the little guy doesn't talk to his staff. Nope. I interned (laughs) for him. I used to intern for him. Is that true? My buddy Dean did too. That's funny. And um, yeah, so now, you know, he just, he throws on his wig and walks to a spare bedroom in his mansion and doesn't even come into the city to do the show. Like he hasn't met the staff, but understand like he made his fame giving the establishment the finger and being a champion of the little guy. And that's exactly who Trump is. Even if you don't like his politics, I mean, he's a, you know, the little guy likes him. And he's always fighting with the establishment and giving them the finger. So so much so that he's in jail. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you talking about putting your money where your mouth is, you know? Stern said a few off color comments. He doesn't have a mugshot, you know? So I, I think it's that. And I also think there's this other thing that Stern discounts. He tried to succeed in politics with this act. With I'll stick it to the man, I'll talk smack. He ran for governor in 1984. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's out of the race in like a half an hour. Because everybody's like, this is a joke. But I got to be honest with you. There's no difference between Stern's campaign announcement and Trump's in the sense that when Trump came down the escalator, he said things you'd expect a morning zoo shock shock to say.
7: I think he's like the opposite of what of how most people age. Like most people start out. Super liberal, super woke in college yeah. and in their 20s. And then by the time they actually live life and experience life, they're a little more conservative because they see how the world yeah. actually works. He's the opposite. like He's becoming <laughs> more woke the older he gets. Yeah. more like It's like performative woke, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah.
3: not because he's losing his filter. If, he, if you're gaining one, because you don't gain one as you age. Right. Okay. Everyone if has you get a, money you do yeah, if well you, maybe you've got to protect because the money. you want to keep around yeah. it you want to keep swimming in that social. He has oh, more yeah. money
7: than God at this point He has like, so much money. what I, I he don't hangs know. he's hanging out at the Hamptons going to
3: polo ma- matches with a mask on in blackface <laughs> The mask <laughs> in black) <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's a painted on mask. You get it,
3: Miss B. Oh, that's funny. And it's, uh,
6: they save animals constantly. and Yeah, they're, uh, they're just saving the wife animals
3: wrote a book. and the wife wrote a book and blah, blah, blah. But I think what ultimately happens to people, I think is a good lesson for everybody out there, is if you hate something long enough, you just become it. You know, he hated elites. It's like, ah, oh, these elites, screw them, these beautiful people, high and mighty with their perfect lives. I'm going to bring on a homeless pirate hooker.
6: I hate billionaires. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I hate them so much.
3: <laughs> and you're hoping to become one. <laughs> Ryan Reese, the only billionaire who asks to get paid in singles. <laughs> no, no, Make it out to cash. I'm going over to Flash Dancers, wait, 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 wait. which moved by the two way. o'clock <laughs> time Flash Dancers has relocated, by the way. I'm saying I... that to you as if it's news, but Flash Dancers <laughs> is where private eyes used to be. And okay. I, br- I bring this up, you guys, because everyone listening needs to know. I'm always inspiring them with my tales of, you know, Jimmy was a low level cab driver and now I host this show on 155 stations. Well, you know who worked a low level job at the private eye strip club when i was in high school the bouncer was tony soprano james gandolfini he's wow. a bouncer there he worked at nightclubs and he worked at strip clubs and my wow. buddy eric erb uh couldn't get into the club i mean it was one thing to have fake id it was another one to look like you were in the second trimester like <laughs> he was not underage he was a fetus and uh he laughed at us and he said you know what you guys if you go around the block to bear elegance they'll let in anybody And we're like thanks tony soprano and nice. we went to, and we went to, uh, you know, and like two years later, we saw him in like the Princess Bride. We're like that wow. guy was an actor. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy! But uh, yeah, and that that was our, but but it's a good story for everybody listening at home. You one day you're a bouncer at a strip club, you know. The next day, you're dead of a heart attack in Italy. (laughs) But you were famous in between. between, But you were famous.
7: You had a good run. It's it's great. It's also the opposite. Uh, One one minute, you're a famous actor. Next minute, you're bouncing out of strip (laughs) clubs. That's a more
3: normal version. Another cautionary tale. More brilliance with Charles McBee and Ryan Reese when we come back on the high flying, death defying Fox Across America. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. I will be your TV buddy tonight in the 9 p.m. hour. It is a live studio audience episode of Hannity. I'll be back. Uh, get the band back together with Sean Hannity. It's going to be a banger. You better be there. And I was just told by the promoter uh, out in Idaho Falls, if you didn't get your tickets to see me at the Colonial Theater, Saturday night, October the 28th, you got to get on the case, girlfriend. You're making me look bad. I actually, I, I'm not kidding. Charles would be Ryan Reeser in studio. I'll t- I, I get a message from the promoters. Like, p- make sure you're plugging this on the radio because I guess where, we at, where we're at on tickets in that theater is behind where I would normally be. Come on, Idaho Falls. Helena, Montana the night before, you were like, out of tickets. You might not be able to get in. But yeah, you know what? There's good news. If you can't get in, you could drive 200 miles to Idaho Falls. There you go. Because apparently my, my KID listeners are hanging out at Bear World feeding bears. They need to buy more tickets.
6: I got a message from Private Eyes. Uh, I'll be appearing there this
3: afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight. Ryan's appearing in the champagne room at 315. (laughs) Listen, when I started doing stand-up and they had the 50-50 rule under Giuliani, the cabarets needed uh, a performance that wasn't just stripping in order to have a liquor license, so 10s over on 20th Street had an open mic.
6: So did, uh, I think, Naked City in Queens?
3: Yeah. you got, So people listening, we're not making this up to be like crass or vulgar. We were doing stand-up comedy in a strip club. And uh, as you'd imagine, you didn't get a lot of attention out of the gate. Uh, Other than, like, the two guys that had spent all their money and didn't want to be there anymore.
7: Talk about a hostile crowd.
3: Yeah, really. But imagine being the stripper a year later when you got good at this and no one was paying attention to her. (laughs) How demoralizing is that? You get the
6: one guy who walks into the wrong room and he's like, oh, what the hell is
3: this? And and, and oddly enough, still a few people yelling at you to take it off. (laughs) Sorry, sir. Fleet Week's not until
7: May. (laughs) At a certain point, you realize it was a better career move to just become a stripper than it was to be a comic. Oh, the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. They were getting paid.
3: We were not getting paid. Uh so McBee and Reese were having a grown-up talk about all things America uh and shamelessly plugging Idaho Falls Colonial Theater October the 28th. You got to be there.
7: I'll tell it's all Saturday. my black friends in yeah. Idaho Falls night. to come out <laughs> come out to
3: <for> the show. <laughs> Woo. Uh I believe I am playing the black friend in that nice production of the show. Uh, Really funny. Uh, So we're talking all things politics, all things America. We have to get into the Biden thing. So the U.N. is here. Okay, it's the Super Bowl of hookers in New York City. That's a fact. You could Google it, folks. I'm not revisiting the subject. But President (laughs) Biden is in town to do media events. So he has a media event yesterday with the president of Brazil. And you know the way they're bilateral meetings where the two presidents get on stage together. One guy says something. The other guy says something. And then, of course, what do they do? They shake hands and take a lot of pictures. OK, mm-hmm. yesterday, this meeting commences exactly the way you think it would. A third guy gets up from a labor organization to speak. So this is the way it goes down. Biden on the left side of the stage, podium in the middle where a man is speaking. To his right is the president of Brazil. Now, the end of these ceremonies would normally end with what? Everyone shakes hands. Shake the guy at the podium's hand. You shake the guy on the other side's hand. The three of them take a pictures, and here we go. So the meeting ends. Everyone applauds. Biden shakes the guy at the podium's hand, salutes the crowd military style, and walks out into the audience. <laughs> the president of Brazil demonstrably, like he, make, he walks halfway across the stage to shake Biden's hand as is the protocol, realizes he's not going to get to him, and throws his hands in disgust. <laughs> and he throws <laughs> his hands in disgust. Now, this, is the not, this is the end of the scene. I'm going to play at the beginning of how this started now so you know. So he gets up there to give his portion of the speech, the president of Brazil, and physically, because Biden's not paying attention, he's fiddling with a device in his hand, physically says the word, Mr. President, are you listening? This is an important moment for Brazil. This is an important moment for the United States, Mr. President. Something you would say to a kid who's not paying attention. Take it away, Josh.
0: Well, first of all, I would like to greet President Biden. And to say to President Biden, can you hear me, President Biden? This is a historical moment for Brazil and for the U.S. President Biden, can you hear me? I, you can? Yes, good.
3: <laughs> That's the, the, he's beginning his speech. The President of the United States is just like looking at his phone. <laughs> he is like Joe Biden is. He's Frank Drebin in Police Squad, in The Naked Gun. <laughs> in the beginning of The Naked Gun, two and a half. Do you remember when Leslie Nielsen, the, it moved, that movie opens there at the White House? There's a ceremony. George H.W. Bush and his wife are walking out to hail to the chief. Yeah. Frank enters the room through a side door in the middle of the procession. He swings it open, hits Barbara Bush in the face, and yeah. keeps walking. It's like slapstick. That's the president. This, this ceremony began, Ryan, really quick. He walked into the Brazilian flag on the way out to the stage. <laughs> they haven't seen the video. Josh, can you confirm that happened? Yeah, no. He just swiped his hand away in you know, disgust. <laughs> So it ends with the the president of Brazil in a joint presidential moment doesn't get his handshake and goes like this. He goes, ah, like that. (laughs) And I was telling the audience earlier, this is like the way these ceremonies end. It's the unity candle at a wedding. You know when they have the mother of each go up and light a candle together and then they turn around and everyone takes a picture? Yeah. Biden picked up his candle, lit a cigarette with it, and walked out of the church. (laughs) (laughs) And the other mom is just like, ah, (laughs)
7: <laughs> That's what we're dealing with now. Now, question: As an American, as a red-blooded American, American, isn't that what we like from our president? What to just be like? I don't just the
3: other side. Yeah, I don't. But have it to. wasn't
7: a diss; he just forgot. <laughs> I would be fine with it. Like
3: I loved when Trump was it. I believe it was the G twenty where he shoved the other president <laughs> out of the way to get to the front. It's like people can get mad about that, but deep down as an American, you like that. You're like, yeah, we don't – nobody puts baby in the back of the procession at the G20. Yeah. Like we're propping up half of these countries. We shouldn't be fifth. So I, I actually on some level respected that. And if Biden did that, he was like, screw you, Brazil. But yeah. he was there in a moment of unity with Brazil <laughs> and just forgot to
6: step. Oh, yeah, he wasn't there. That's that's a wild He's trying to figure out why uh, you said his phone He's like, this is my VCR remote (laughs) They don't let him him have a phone
3: (laughs) No way he has a phone No No way No. They probably. You know what they do? They give him a brick phone You know like when you have a little kid You give him a phone that doesn't have an internet connection So they can play games offline That's what he's probably doing he probably is playing Asteroids, thinking he saved the country from nailing <laughs> <and the laughs> attack. <Tattleboard. laughs>
7: I did it! you know, Shooting down Chinese balloons. In his-
3: <laughs> if only. Uh, but do you think, uh, I'll start with you, Ryan. Could you run him? Could he do another four years?
6: I'd, I'd like to see him run just for the you, show. And give him more time. Give him, I want to see more time on stage. <laughs> I want to see where this goes.
3: <laughs> Good for you. Uh, my theory, McBee, and you can pull, battle test this. I think they want to run him again, obviously, because he gives other people a chance to be president, meaning people behind the scenes, because he's not running things like they're dictating policy to him. So what I think is going on, McBee, is I think in a dream scenario for the Democrats, they want to run him because, again, they all get to be president. But they're really doing some hard math right now of – you know, if he's repeating himself at fundraisers, you know, if yeah. he's wandering out in the middle of the ceremony, could we convince people he's sane long enough to get him to win? OK, because we're a full year. We're 14 months from the election. Do you think he's got 14 months in him right now? Could
7: you hide this for 14 months? 14 months in him to run or 14 months in him to live? He's just got to convince people
3: for 14 months that this is just Republicans attacking him and we're being ageist. That's what they've got to convince people, that he's fine. Can they sell the idea that he's fine for 14 months?
7: They haven't been selling it for, for the past 14 months. No one believes it. That's yeah. the thing. Well, the polling they can is, just keep yeah. you know, Weekend at Bernie's him yeah. out there, but no one believes that he's fine.
3: No, no. The polling is that two-thirds of Americans, 72% of Americans, don't think he's cognitively fit for office. But imagine where we are as a people that we're even having this debate. Like if the three of us hail an Uber— And two of us don't believe he's cognitively fit to drive. We're not debating whether we get in anyway. You know what I'm saying? We're not, two of us aren't getting in.
6: Yeah, but isn't it like anything else, like uh, Lucky Socks or whatever it is? You can't explain why it's working, but people are like, well, I don't know, not everything is
3: awful. But but it is. That's the problem. Like the border is, you know, we've got a record level of fentanyl poisoning. No one's covering it. Bad economy. Yeah, Yeah, but it is bad. It doesn't
7: doesn't matter. So you're saying in
3: the pretend world, it's it's working. In the Matrix, we're fine. (laughs) <laughs> and that's all people care about. The, it's true. But you're right to say that because, like, think about this. The cost of goods is rising than the higher than the cost of wages. Yeah. So we're getting by. But if you are, like, say, a single mom or somebody, try, like, you're getting destroyed right now. Yeah. When the cost of gas goes up a dollar, just a dollar. Okay? It's up more than two from when he took office. Okay? That's, you know, if you're a cab driver like I was, that's $80 a day. Okay, in a six-day work week, okay, $480 a week you don't take home. Like imagine how much that's nuking my cab buddies. So they're not fine. But you're right to say if we don't cover it, you can create the perception that they are. Yeah, It's like the border. Seven million people have come in. You know, you think about that. They say 30% of women who cross the border illegally get sexually assaulted. So by definition, if 3.5 million women have come in, 900,000 women have been sexually assaulted. Well, you don't even discuss
7: And that. only 700,000 were by Russell Brand. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, McBee! Allegedly. Taken allegedly. 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 Oh, what?
3: It is amazing, the Russell Brand story. Okay? We don't know one way or the other whether he did it or not. But every YouTube channel seems to have a verdict. They're already, like, demonetizing him and yeah. taking him down. There's no way anybody could deny to me... Uh, that it isn't in your best interest to just toe the liberal line. And I think that hurts – I think that hurts the creative process because I think even like people like Stern. I mean Stern is not doing the Stern of the 90s or the 2010s, you know, but either – Russell Brand went in this other direction and now they're
6: like, rapist. Let's see what happens with Bill Maher. They're calling him a Republican now.
3: Isn't it amazing? And Bill Maher hates the Republican. Uh Every clip where Bill Maher gets branded for agreeing with Fox or being a Republican – they show you 50 seconds of context from an eight-minute monologue where he's like, look at Fox. They're crazy, but yeah. even they know, and you know what I mean, and every liberal outlet is like, he's siding with Fox News. I am mean, like, he was bashing us. He mm. was.
7: Well, that's why when you put out your special, I'm expecting you to have several jokes where you completely made it up, <laughs> 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 and where you have heartwarming stories where it's all nonsense and you make it up. For and told that liberal line. Are you
3: saying Hassan
7: Minaj? What well, well, that also? I mean, I d not I don't know. It's, uh, I was that was just, his emotional truth? His Hasa- emotional truth. So yeah.
3: Hassan Minaj, you guys, if you're listening, uh, he had a you know, he had a show, Minority Report mm-hmm. in special, uh, did quite well for himself. Uh, Hassan Minaj was making up all of his stories of like racial animus. And said they were his <laughs> emotional truth.
6: He should, uh, he should hang out with Jesse Smollett. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse
3: Smollett of comedy. Uh-huh. It is amazing, though, because, like, when people do that, this is what drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. So when people do that, like, there are a lot of people that invest in that. And think, like, yeah, the whole world is racist. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really is. I really am under attack. And it really screws up people's, like, well-being, but they don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Jesse Smollett, to not only do it, get caught, but double down. Like, I've hung out with the Nigerian brothers who beat him up because I met him on Hannity and they sat with me at the White House Correspondence Dinner. One of them still texts me to this day because he's the heavyweight champion of Africa. Wow. And he's fighting on an MMA card, like, uh, or, or uh, excuse me, a boxing card like that Canelo is on in like Vegas, for real. It's he's crazy. also a
7: Nigerian prince. He's probably
3: a Nigerian prince. He said he offered to help me get gold bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's crazy. <laughs> but uh, it, like, it's, there's, there's no question. So people are trying to exploit racial grievance, but they create more of it by over-reporting it in that way. I'm not saying Yeah, they made money. money on it. Yeah, it's they money. make money on Follow it. Follow the isn't it money. A, isn't it amazing though that like nobody cares? Like None. pretending to care now is a form of currency, but it's not an actual character trait, you no. know? It's like empathy there's no way It's empathy. It's just You're supposed to look empathetic.
7: Put the Ukrainian flag in your bio. There you go. But just now change and, the color on your Instagram.
3: But if somebody has a question about the war, fire them from their job. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're here to support all people. You're tolerant. Yeah. It's madness. Down is up, up is down. More with uh, Ryan Reese and Charles McBee after this.
2: It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, girl, they're playing the Rocky IV soundtrack. <laughs> Stuff is getting real. Ryan Reese, Charles McPhee in studio. We're in the bottom of the ninth on this show. Uh, I'll be on Hannity Tonight at 9 o'clock. i got to plug that, and I have to relentlessly apparently plug this Idaho Falls show, Reese. Big action. Tell the strippers over at Flashdancers. Dancers, Jimmy, Jimmy is at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls, October the 28th, which, by the way, like if anyone was ever going to go see me live, it's that weekend. Why? Because I will have just taped my special which means I'll be allowed to eat again, I'll be allowed to drink again, I'll be allowed to hang out. Like, you're going to get fat Elvis, which if you were going <laughs> if, if to hang out with an Elvis, let's be very clear, you don't want the hound dog skinny Elvis in a no. sport coat, you want jumpsuit guy. You want the one shooting at the TV. <laughs> which Pills and all. But thank you. Oh, they'll be there. Which, by the way, isn't it funny about every Elvis impersonator only impersonates the fat guy because it's <laughs> yeah. easier to maintain. You don't have to stay in shape. Did you ever notice that? You never see a skinny Elvis impersonator. Can I tell you a funny story? You'll appreciate a showbiz, guys. So for my Aunt Fran's uh, birthday, okay, she turned 80. They love Elvis. She loves Elvis, uh, and she loves the Beatles. We've already done an Elvis impersonator, so this time around we did a Beatle. We did a McCartney impersonator. She loves McCartney. I'll show you pictures off air because it's not going to work on the radio. The guy is a phenomenal spot-on McCarthy. But he's in the garage because, you know, you're having this in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So backstage is like your garage. He's mm-hmm. in my cousin die 's garage. I hear him putting on his Sergeant Pepper's coat and it's tight. And I hear him say the words, oh, F. He's like, I should have been an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> I heard him say that. And it was like such a pure moment of humanity. He's like, I got to stay in shape for this gig, you know, but he doesn't. Uh, You know, I laugh, though, because uh, everyone is impersonating something in this day and age. That's what it comes down to, whether we were talking about the performative wokeness of Howard Stern, which we got into earlier, or even Louis C. So I wanted to bring this up. Louis was saying yesterday in a podcast, we got to open the border. Who cares if it causes problems here? Because people suffer in other countries. Why shouldn't we suffer here too? But number one, that strikes me as you know, kind of indifferent to who's going to be affected because if you're Louis C.K., border doesn't affect you. Yeah. You've got yeah. millions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the other is that also struck me as a pander to the left because he was Me too out of Hollywood for sexually assaulting himself, I might add. It's hard to do. But he's trying to ingratiate himself to that crowd. Is that what you think that is, Ry? Right.
6: Oh, absolutely. But I mean, like he's got all the money. Why doesn't he give it away? Why does not he if, if he needs suffering? Migrants.
3: If he needs suffering, why doesn't he live my life? <laughs> McBee, why this is my question. Why do comics some comics, okay, want spend so much time convincing people they're a good person? You know what I mean? Because our job is to be funny. Yeah. You know, like when I mean, I, I know there's been too many strip club analogies today, but you don't care if she's a good person. You want her to be good looking, at least with the lights as dim as they make them.
7: Yeah. I, I, I don't know that it it's trying to convince people that you're a good person. But I think that the powers that be, mm-hmm. because we still comics are still in this delusion that mm-hmm. you need the gatekeepers to, mm-hmm. in order to have to a endorse career. What you do. Yeah. So it's right. Like you're just placating to like, OK, what do I have to be today? Mm-hmm. What pronouns do I have to use today? Yeah, what, yeah. What, what do you what do you want me to be? in order for me to get this special on on a network that doesn't even exist anymore. Great advice, everybody.
3: You can't stand out by trying to fit in.
7: There you go.
3: The reason Elvis Mm -hmm. is an icon is he was the only one walking around dressed like that. (laughs) You know the only one singing the, He was Elvis. He was doing Elvis stuff. He was a star. Yeah. Does Howard Stern stand out now that he's fitting in? Like, if we weren't talking about him on Fox, I was talking about Howard Stern. Yeah. And I don't begrudge him his success. I mean, he's obviously a monster success, but, I mean, now he's, he's culturally irrelevant. You know, you can't stand out by trying to fit in, and that's what the comics do wrong. I mean, we think of Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor's most seminal stand-up special is about him bottoming out on crack, Which does not exactly have people in the front row going, yeah, it's a good guy. I want want him to come (laughs) home to the family.
6: I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate.
3: Woo! You guys, we did this. I got to be honest with you. The over-under when I told HR we were doing an hour was six minutes. I was told that (laughs) six minutes we'd be tossing to a weather segment, and then they'd be bringing on some, like, Bill Malusion from the border to talk about that. But we actually survived an hour. Would you guys do this again? Absolutely not. <laughs> good for you, man.
7: No, McBee. of course.
3: Anytime. Oh, uh, you guys. Well, that's the good news. The bad news is uh, no, I'm kidding. It's great, <laughs> great stuff. Uh, Ryan Reese, Charles McBee, best of the absolute best. Uh, they both want you to watch me on Hannity tonight. That's what they think. Nine they, o'clock. I yeah. said, if you guys could say anything as a closing thought, you both said watch Hannity and go to the Colonial Theater, Idaho Falls, October the 28th. There you that's go. It. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying what you told me to say. That's right. Show's over, pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. All we ever ask is that you don't be a
5: Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands
2: with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.